1: underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at
0: uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of the Ever Stories is Desert Bloom, written by J.T. Seat and narrated by Justin Fife.
1: May the demons of hell rise up and devour all of you, the woman screamed, her face plumb destroyed by grief as she held on to what was left of her husband. There wasn't much. "'His thick old tongue hung out of his mouth. "'His eyes bulged out of his skull darn near. "'His throat was almost cut through the way I heard it. "'His head darn near came right off in her lap "'as she sat there rocking him back and forth. "'Half a dozen engine arrows sticking out of him ever which way.' "'Jeb looked at Sinclair, sitting by the glow of the campfire. "'The sun had long since kissed the horizon and disappeared. "'Pink had shifted to lavender.' and then turned into ribbons of purple and orange that streaked across the evening sky. A sight which would have brought either wonder or the feeling of isolation and loneliness to most. The beauty was lost on Jeb, however, as the ribbons had faded to a velvety purple. Admiring nature wasn't his thing. Wondering exactly what kind of partner he had hooked up with was more to his interest. Still sniffing the thick scent of thin stew and bacon grease, Jeb thought about the tale... He took a sip of cold coffee from his own tin cup. It was bitter, and he had no regrets about setting it down. Your storytelling is sure better than your coffee, Sinclair. I'll give you that. Tell it real fancy like you've had a heap of book learning. A smile crept across Sinclair's craggy face. Just because I punch cows or do a little stealing doesn't mean I'm a half-wit. But it's not engines I'm scared of. There's not a man alive I'm afeard of. It's something else. Something that changes you. Something waiting to get inside. Like poison from a snake bite? No, it's something you don't see until it's too late. Sinclair drew a long swallow from his own cup then flung the grounds beyond the campfire's glow into the dark. Jeb studied Sinclair, his features dancing and changing shape from the firelight symbolic of all the formless imaginations of danger and terror. He looked like a statue hunched over the campfire, like a wise man lost deep in thought, and it irritated the hell out of Jeb. "'You got something more to tell me, or can I roll over and try to get some shut-eye?' Sinclair grinned again. "'I got something to tell you. Besides, what else we got to do out here in the middle of nowhere but sleep or tell stories before pushing on to Armadillo?' Why you always say armadillo instead of amarillo? I like to play with words. It gives me something to think about between towns, besides looking at stars and listening to the coyotes. Jeb could have turned away, wanted to, but Sinclair had a way of talking that hooked you. Still, he was tiring of Sinclair's meanderings and stretched out on his bedroll. As for himself, he did not think much about anything between the towns, besides how long their poke would hold out before they had to pick up a job or rob somebody to pay for the whiskey and women. Tales along the trail reminded Jeb of something a whore told him in the last jerkwater town they'd spent their poke in. A beautiful woman loved her dainty feet. She possessed the narrowest, smallest, most exquisite feet anyone had ever seen, so the story went. Many commented on the beauty of her feet, and others adored them. Ten little piggies shining with flaming red, vibrant toenail polish. The soles and arches of her feet were soaked in olive oil and were treated with lanolin, resulting in the well-tended appendages without calluses or blemishes. People spoke softly and reverently in her presence. Her footwear was removed for the special ones, men and women alike, who understood how important her tantalizing tootsies with their wiggling painted toes were to her, They were the wondrous blessings that accompanied the curse of being armless, her upper limbs having been sawed off at the shoulders by a deranged drifter when she was a child. Yep, that whore could tell some doozies, like Sinclair, tales that made you think about the bizarre happenings on the wild and woolly frontier. But unlike Jeb's trailmate, women at least could provide a warm moment or two now and then. When he and Sinclair finally got sick of each other's company, They would ride their separate ways and hitch up with other drifters, off a trail drive or other activities less honorable. "'You haven't been this way before, have you, kid?' Sinclair asked, breaking into Jeb's reverie. "'Can't say as I have. Why? "'Cause this story I'm about to tell happened right around these parts. "'It wasn't just something I heard, neither. I saw it with my own eyes.' Jeb was not going to ask again. Sinclair could swallow a dead lizard for all he cared. The memory of the armless woman was enough to put him off his feet. He did not want to play riddles when they could both be sleeping. They had been in saddle three days, and the more Jeb thought about it, the more he wanted to partner up with somebody a little less talkative than Sinclair. This used to be Indian country, and any time you're in Indian country... You hear stories about spirits and burial grounds and such. Jeb had been on the trail long enough to hear his share of tall tales and hope Sinclair would not rattle on much longer. Just tell your stupid story, take a leak, and bed down, will you? See if you think it's stupid after you hear it. About three years ago, me and two other old boys rode this way after leaving a herd in El Paso. We were going to ride to Tulsa... But all of us never made it that far. Sinclair stopped talking long enough to rearrange the red-hot embers, which were once tree limbs. To Jeb, he almost looked like some old, craggy-faced Indian medicine man leaning over the fire, trying to make contact with the spirits of his ancestors. This is something I was telling you about. The thing I said could put fear in a man. It was on this kind of land. I first saw it. Sinclair... Jeb said, his voice sounding tired and less tolerant. If you don't tell me what the heck you're talking about, right now I'm going to carry my bedroll somewhere else where I don't have to listen to your yammering. That would be a bad idea, son. I'm sort of sneaking up on this story because it's a lot for a man to take in. The only reason I'm telling a pup like you is because... You're a lot like one of the boys done rode with me another time. What do you mean, like me? Oh, he was young, kind of cocky, and didn't have much patience with things, but he was the first to notice the engine beads. Beads? They weren't really beads, they're berries. I heard tell the engines and these parts plucked them off cactus and strung them on horse hairs. Made necklaces out of them. I ain't never seen berries on a cactus. Uh, These blossoms. That's what made these different. What's it got to do with something inside you? See, that's what I mean, Jeb. You have no patience with nothing. I'll tell you what happened, but you have to let me tell it in my own sweet time. Because it'll take time for you to understand Jeb placed his hat over his eyes to cut out the fire's red orange glow. Maybe he could doze off while Sinclair ran off at the mouth with his fool story. So, me and these two cowpokes come through this area, and one of them, his name was Billy, he sees these berries, or desert blossoms, or whatever you want to call them, growing off a cactus. That crazy kid would eat anything, including trail plop, if he was hungry enough. Anyway, he starts eating these berries, and the other guy tells him they might be poison. Crazy Bill don't give a hoot, because he's hungry. Jeb peeked out from under his hat to see why Sinclair had stopped talking. He had stood up and was looking out across the dark horizon like he was seeing it for the first time. Go on, will you? Sinclair sighed. That evening, we camped out, sort of like you and me are doing right now. And old Billy starts complaining about feeling funny, like he's seeing things and all. They call it hallucinating or something or other. All of a sudden, he hops up off his gear and starts attacking me and Lynn. the other guy. We try to get him down, but he was crazier than a rat gone loco. He was foaming at the mouth and trying to bite us. And I swear his teeth had grown real long and sharp like a wolf or a bear or something. He just wouldn't stop. And he bit Land a good one. He had a hole clean through his arm. Sinclair went silent again. Jeb rose up on his elbow. Darn it, Sinclair. What'd you do? We had to shoot the old boy. All we could do. I don't get it. What did him going crazy have to do what it had to do? with them berries, my friend, is that they's what done it. I found out later the Indians used to eat them before battle, made them fight like devils, and gave them a craving for human flesh. Jeb stared at Sinclair. Seriously at first, and then a grin carved its way along his lips. You must think I'm the dumbest pecker would ever put down. I ain't ever heard that story. That's because, as far as I know, we're the only white men to ever try them berries, and I had a chance to see if it's true. So, you got more of them? Yep. Picked some off a cactus yesterday while you was wandering about, doing whatever it is you do on them walks. When I cooked up the stew tonight, I made two batches. "'Cut up the berries and threw them in one batch. "'How you feeling, anyway?' "'What?' Jeb sat up. "'I don't believe one damn word, you crazy good-for-nothing drifter. "'Why would you want to make me that way?' "'You've been getting on my nerves lately, Jeb. "'If them berries work, I'll have to shoot you. "'Take your goods and tell the sheriff you went crazy "'after eating yourself a handful. "'I feel just fine.' You're the one need to be worrying over, thinking I'd fall for something this crazy. I'm gonna laugh, <laughs> and now I'm getting some sleep. Jeb lay down and placed his hat back over his eyes. Eat blooming and berries and grow teeth, he muttered. Crazy duke of taste environment. Sinclair walked over to Jeb, picked up his companion's rifle, and pushed Jeb's hat off his head with the toe of his boot. What the... Sinclair stood over Jeb with a strange, crooked smirk. I'm not through telling you my story. I come back through here last year, just before we met up. I found out it was true what I learned about them berries. You let somebody else eat them and took their grub steak? That's a mighty low thing to do. Jeb rose up again, a little afraid of Sinclair now, and wondered if his partner had gone loco. Why would you go and tell me if... You were going to bushwhack me. You wouldn't need to feed me no berries, and I'm not letting you pull a fast one on me. You don't understand, Jeb. I didn't feed you any engine berries. I ate them myself. Now do you get it? Stop this crazy talk. Jeb looked at his rifle in Sinclair's hand. Sinclair tossed the weapon beyond reach. I told you all this because... It takes some time to work. I have to feel it coming on, and it's so much more gratifying when you smell the fear in a man. Before Jacob could react, Sinclair shoved him to the ground with the sole of his boot. A wider grin covered Sinclair's face, and a looked to Jeb like his teeth had grown and sharpened. His gaping grin was now a slobbering leer. Human meat tastes better than anything you can imagine, Jeb. Sinclair spewed saliva while his tongue darted from one side of his canine features to the other. As quickly as a black shadow of a darting bird, he pounced on Jeb, tearing his snout of serrated teeth into Jeb's jugular. Across the still prairie, with only a few hills and ravines to break the whine of the wind, another howl accompanied those of the lonely coyotes.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the other stories. Desert Bloom was written by JT Seat, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Golden Hits and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org and zapsplat.com. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to. Ben Errington for rounding up them content cows of his social media cowboying business. It says here yee-haw. JT Seat stands on the side of the literary highway and thumbs down whatever genre that comes roaring by. His storytelling runs the gamut from horror novel review's best short fiction to the chicken soup for the soul series. His fiction incorporates fantasy, horror, or humor featuring the quirkiest of characters. Justin Fife is a narrator, voice actor and podcaster. You can follow him on Twitter and at Justin B. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time.